0: Our guest today is Dr. Nirav Shah, medical oncologist specializing in hematology at the Frederick and the Medical College of Wisconsin Clinical Cancer Network and associate professor at the Medical College of Wisconsin. Thanks so much for being with us today. Great. Thanks. Can you start by telling us a little bit about your specialty, your practice, the kinds of patients you see?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, as you noted, I work at the Medical College of Wisconsin and Frederick Hospital, um, and I specialize in taking care of patients with blood cancers. So these are patients with lymphomas and leukemias, and I do specialized procedures for some of these diseases, uh, things such as uh, stem cell transplant or bone marrow transplant, and a new therapy called CAR T cell therapy, um, which is a cell therapy used for these types of cancers.
0: Can you guesstimate or tell us how many have to travel or or how many patients have do you treat in a typical year
1: yeah so um you know these specialized procedures are not available um, at every hospital in the state of wisconsin Um, they're very complex they require specialized facilities equipment and expertise and so in the state of wisconsin you know we are one of a few sites that can offer these specialized procedures And so um, some of our patients travel as far as the Upper Peninsula um, of Michigan, actually, to come down and be taken care of at our center. And so um, for these patients, they have to drive um, to be at our center um, because these treatments require a level of care that we're able to provide here. Um, As an institution at Frederick Hospital, we do about 400 such procedures as a group. And so, um, you know, that's obviously divided among the different providers and different specialists that we have here. And, you know, I would say that, you know, probably at least half are coming from more than an hour away, if not more. And and that's just me estimating.
0: When you have a a stem cell or bone marrow transplant, um, how long do you have to be in the hospital? How long do you have to be near Mm -hmm. the facility? What kinds of Treat, uh risks are you looking at and monitoring as a person has this procedure?
1: Yeah, so it's a little bit of a complicated question because there's different types of stem cell transplants. Um, the autologous transplant um, is one from your own body using your own stem cells. is a shorter procedure, and those patients are either hospitalized for about three to four weeks, or uh, we actually have an opportunity to do an outpatient transplant. and And for that procedure, um, they're seen daily for about you know every single day for about three weeks. Uh, For the allogeneic stem cell transplant, this is one from a donor. Again, that initial transplant procedure is about three to four weeks, but those patients are asked to stay up to two months beyond that procedure for close monitoring. Um, And so patients can spend up to three months um, away from their home if they again don't live within an hour of this center Uh, and and so we're lucky because we do have some housing options available um, for patients to stay at which actually facilitates our ability to do some of this.
0: You have a patient at this point who's currently staying at Kathy's house and undergoing an allogeneic uh, bone marrow transplant so you explained a little bit about what that the allogeneic bone marrow transplant is a donor, yep. not not from yourself, but from another donor, the, correct?
1: Yeah, that's correct. So certain people need a transplant from a donor where we actually replace their immune system, um, which has the cancer in it. And, and, and to get rid of that cancer, um, hopefully forever, we replace their immune system with one from a healthy donor. Uh, obviously, that's a more complicated procedure and requires... Um, more monitoring than an autologous transplant, which is from your own. Stem
0: you tend cells. to you tend to accept from yourself more or uh, easier or better.
1: Yeah, because they're your own stem cells. There's less complications associated with that procedure.
0: So when someone is outpatient um, and in this case staying at Kathy's house, take take me through the process of what they're what they're doing for their treatment.
1: Yeah. Yeah, great question. And so um, we're unique as a center in that we offer an outpatient transplant. So um, one of the hard parts of a transplant is, you know, for patients to be hospitalized for four weeks means um, not sleeping in their own bed, not being with their loved ones overnight. And so the outpatient transplant is a unique opportunity uh, to actually stay, you know, within your own home with your loved ones. And and for those patients, they come in every single day, um, are seen in our day hospital and get appropriate blood work and are seen by our nurses and our providers um, to get the care that they need. But then subsequently, you know, once they're done with whatever needed to happen that day, um, are able to go back to their housing. Now, what makes our program unique is that we not only do we offer this, but you know, a lot of places only offer this if you live close by. Right, mm-hmm. then you can do it, but but because we have Kathy's house, um, patients can actually live close by while not being at their home, mm-hmm. and so this patient in particular did an outpatient transplant while staying at Kathy's house um, because they lived beyond the range to be able to do an outpatient transplant from their own home, and so Kathy's house allows us to be able to offer that opportunity to patients um, who aren't within that sort of 45 minute to one hour. Um, you know, time, a distance range.
0: When, um, when you have a uh, a patient who's going through something like this, what are some of the the uh, the risks that you're monitoring closely after they've had the transplant?
1: Absolutely. So, uh, you know, for the allogeneic stem cell transplant in particular, um, they can have low blood counts, and so they might need some transfusions until the new immune system takes hold. Um, We monitor for infection because these patients are relatively immune compromised, right? We're getting rid of their old immune system and their new immune system is naive in their body. Um, We worry that the new immune system will go a little bit haywire and cause you know side effects and, and it can cause something called graft versus host disease where it can attack um, your own body uh, because it's sort of acclimating itself into its new environment and so um, we monitor for all of these things along with um, how patients are eating and drinking and, and and making sure they're getting all the supportive care they need to get through this procedure safely
0: I know that you know your your mind is uh, laser focused on the clinical care the medical care but how important do you think it is that these people who have to travel um and have to be so closely monitored for so long how how important is it that they they get that that respite from the the hospital from the clinic
1: yeah yeah so I think just from a mental health standpoint Point, um, even if you're going to an apartment that isn't your own, just leaving the hospital is nice. Um, you know, you know. It, obviously, we do a lot of our transplants in the hospital, and inpatients do it. They stay there for three to four weeks um, for a multitude of reasons. There can be complex reasons why that's needed. Um, but if I had to choose for myself. Having done this now for many years, I think I would prefer an outpatient transplant just to get, you know, even that overnight time away from the hospital, uh, and the providers to have some degree of normalcy. So um, I think is good for mental health um, going through such a complex procedure. Again, you know, we cannot offer this to every single patient. We cannot uh, makes this available to everybody. But for the right patient with the right situation, uh, if they live close by or if they can get housing at a place like Kathy's house, we are able to offer this uh, option.
0: How long have we been offering this option?
1: Uh, That's a great question. So um, I have been here seven years, and it's always been an option um, for as long as I've been here. Uh, I'd have to ask some of my colleagues who have been here longer, but I would say at least a decade. And again, you know, this is becoming nationwide, um, something that I think a lot of cancer centers are trying to offer, but I can tell you it is not universal. Uh, mm-hmm. And there are some cancer centers that just don't have that capability. Um, you know, I mean, often that capability is mainly due to the fact that they don't have a place like Kathy's house where these patients can reside.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about your patient who is staying at Kathy's house right now and undergoing a transplant?
1: Yeah, so uh, Tamara came to me, uh, you know, mainly because she had uh, a type of leukemia for which we would consider uh, doing a stem cell transplant from a donor. Um, she had something called MDS or myelodysplastic syndrome. And for these patients, uh, she actually had sort of transformed into an acute leukemia, but she achieved a remission. Uh, the problem with leukemias is, or some leukemias, is that uh, without a transplant, we know that these patients would have a high chance of relapse. So um, she came to me to discuss the risk and benefits of a transplant and uh, at the end of that conversation we agreed that the transplant offered her the best chance for a long-term remission and then we talked about the different ways of doing a transplant and and she really preferred that outpatient option and because of kathy's house we were able to facilitate that for her
0: how did you end up specializing in this area, medical oncology, and specifically hematology.
1: Yeah, so uh, I, I think you know, going through my training, I always had uh, interest in cancer as a disease. Um, especially from a scientific standpoint, understanding the biology and, and from a patient standpoint, uh, being in a discipline where you know you really get to make a difference in, in people's lives. Um, that cancer word, the big C, it's a very scary disease, uh, one that is life transforming for most patients when they receive that diagnosis and, and being able to be a champion and a provider to help these patients through this difficult time. Um, was something that was very compelling for me, uh, thinking about how I wanted to spend my career as a doctor. In particular, why blood cancers? Um, really, during my training when I was in Philadelphia, um, I was really excited by all of the options available for blood cancers and, and the ability to do uh, cell therapy procedures like transplant or CAR-T. Um, I found that to be a very fascinating area to be in with cutting-edge technologies that were really making a difference. And so I think it was a marriage of, you know, my interest in the science of these diseases and the ability to um, help a group of patients out that, that really need um, uh, our care.
0: And it shouldn't go without mentioning that you dedicate a fair amount of time to research. Uh, talk a little bit about the research that you do. Uh, and how do you balance that, your research with your clinical
1: um not well (laughs) um i'm tired all the time is what i would say uh i probably don't sleep as much as i should um i I think it's you know different passions so you know we're very lucky that we have so many great options for our patients but um we still have people that relapse and and so what do we do for them when they fail standard options Um, we do clinical trials and so uh part of my job here is um, designing and developing clinical trials to provide options uh, to control cancer uh, once they failed standard therapies. And so some of those trials we've developed, you know, at our own institution. Uh, other trials we've developed in partnership with pharmaceutical companies. Uh, but the ultimate goal is is to offer new options, better treatments, uh, you know, options when everything has failed or, or options in the front line to, to improve on what we already have. And so uh, that part excites me. That part is why I'm here uh, at Frederick Hospital and, and the medical college is because um, you can't offer that at community oncology centers the way you can do here.
0: Mm-hmm. And and
1: that is something really unique about our program and, and really where my passion for this job lies. Uh,
0: when you talk about an ap- academic medical center,
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: talk about the the advantage to the patient. Now, even if they aren't part of a clinical trial, talk talk about what the difference is between community and academic.
1: So, you know, I I think that both are incredibly important to a patient's care. Uh, What I think is that, you know, for all patients, right? You know, we talked earlier that cancer is such a transforming diagnosis and Um, impacts not only the patient, but their family members, their loved ones. And and one of the nice advantages of an academic center is that um, you can get expert level care. So a doctor like me, while I trained in a variety of cancers, breast cancer, colon cancer, I've made a career um, focusing on blood cancers and, and do research only in blood cancers. And we have specialists like that, that only focus in breast cancer and only focus in colon cancer. And so I think what that gives us is an ability to provide a true expert opinion uh, because we're sort of at the cutting edge of a very small area of disease. And, and so um, we're able to talk you know, with our patients about what is the newest data, what are the best options today? And, and we often work in partnership with our community doctors. So I, I don't look to replace our community doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, I look to support them. So many times patients come here, they come for an opinion, and, and, but they get their actual treatment or care delivery locally, right? Because that's the best place for them to be able to get it. And so um, the way I think of an academic center and, and community centers is um, we work to support each other. Um, it's not feasible for every patient to get a standard chemotherapy regimen and drive four hours but right. they could come here for an initial opinion and then we can help guide the best treatment, which can be then delivered, um, with our partners in the community. So, um, you know, I think of cancer as a team sport and, uh, you know, it takes a village um, of providers and nurses and APPs, um, in the community, in the academics center, are working together for that common goal.
0: Well, I know that Kathy's house is, is, uh, Very happy to be a partner and support the incredible work that you're doing and offer um, another option for some of these patients who have to come a long way. Thank you so much for talking a little about why Kathy's House is important to your patients and to your patients' care.
1: Absolutely. And, and we're lucky to have Kathy's house, right? I mean, um, not every cancer center is lucky to have um, such a um, exquisite housing opportunity um, for little to no cost and, and, you know, really be an option for patients. So, um, you know, I think we're very grateful that, you know, they have such a commitment to this and, and you know, they have continuously funded it and supported it um, and, and expanded, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which means that, you know, and even now with the expansion, it's almost always full, uh, showing that, that, you know, if you build it, they will come. And, and so, um, you know, we, we're, we're very grateful to have their um, uh, support and uh, collaboration.
0: Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed Conversations with Kathy's House and would like to learn more, visit our website, kathyshouse.org. That's K-A-T-H-Y-S hyphen house.org. And you can subscribe to Conversations with Kathy's House wherever you listen to podcasts.